Hi, I'm Patrick Kagan, your host for Sales Hindsights, a conversation that combines my 30-plus years of experience with the expertise of my guests, and trust me, all of them will amaze you. Now, it's been said that hindsight is 2020 vision, so my guests and I are charged with answering one thing for you, knowing what we know now, what best practices and takeaways have the last 30 years in sales, sales management, executive leadership, and entrepreneurship provided to us that you can take with you. So enjoy the listen as we conversate for your growth. All right, thank you for tuning into our podcast, Sales Hindsights. Just by tuning in, you are already getting ahead in the process of self-improvement. During our conversation, you'll discover that we definitely make sales make sense. And we go beyond that. We tackle issues dealing with management, leadership, team building, self-confidence, entrepreneurship, and life itself. So our goal will be to make all of it make sense. And we do it with a very practical and easy-to-understand approach. And we try to give you those nuggets you can carry with you each day. And when life throws you a challenge, you know that you can reach down in your pocket, pull out that nugget, and you know exactly what to do. Now, you're going to find you like what you hear. And when you do that, I want you to go to our website, pksolutionsgroup.com, for all the resources you will ever need to become the best version of your own professional self. In the podcast show description, you're going to find a link to my calendar, and I want you to use that link to set up your own free situation analysis with me. Do it today and do it for you. And finally, thank you for all the likes, shares, and follows. It makes a huge difference. It allows us to continue bringing you great content and great guests. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of customer service, but really, we're going to go into how my guest, Hank Ebeling, what he calls crushing the competition with service. And that is so important in today's world. He focuses on small business success, but the lessons and the tidbits that Hank is going to share and that we're going to dive into, they translate into Wall Street all the way down to Main Street. Uh, Hank, we're glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Tell us about your company, H4 Training. Yeah, Patrick, thanks for having me on. The, I know this is a great podcast. Uh, so H4 Training is a small group personal training facility. We have two locations, and uh, we're located in the western suburbs of Chicago. Our original location was founded in 2013, and then we grew and decided to expand to a second location uh, in 2017. And that's where we are today with two locations, one approaching our nine-year anniversary and the other one just getting past our five-year anniversary. Well, I would imagine that, I mean, nine years in business, that's that's fantastic because most companies, most businesses don't last beyond their first year. But I would imagine the 2017 opening was really exciting and nobody had the crystal ball to see what was coming our way with the pandemic that we're still coming out of in 2022 but it hit everybody hard end of 2019 and early 2020, and you kept your doors open. And I know a lot of that comes down to the focus, the extreme focus you have as a founder on how important customer service is, regardless of pandemics and everything else. Tell us a little bit about your philosophy and what you try to 
have run down the hill to your employees in terms of your vision on customer service and why it's so very important to stay in business? Yeah. So, I mean, to us, yeah, we're in the fitness business, but we're in the people business. Anyone listening, you, you own a salon, you don't, you're not in the salon business, you're in the people business. You own a restaurant, you're not in the food business, you're in the people business. At the end of the day, it's your responsibility as a business to leave an impression on people to make them feel better than before they did business with you to center everything you do around your customers because without them you have no business so when you become people centric people first type culture uh, that's a way to grow your business that often I think small business owners neglect right we we all know it's important but do we prioritize it we tend to not and um, so we prioritize it every day every team meeting 24 7 365 a year that's our top priority because we know That'll lead to the profits. That'll lead to what we want from a financial side of things if we keep our focus on that, which is our people. Yeah, I mean, and and it's you know it's amazing in this day and age. And I think what gets you through pandemics or really any business climate is you know extreme focus on your customer and and that whole philosophy of we're in the people business. And I this is I preach this everywhere I go. That I don't care what you sell, I don't care what you cook as a restaurant, I don't care what profession you are in. It's not making the widget that people buy, it's making the people who buy the widgets happy. <laughs> so I love that you're not saying, hey, we have better fitness facilities, we're cleaner, um, people don't get sick when they come in, in our, our uh, facilities, we have the, you know, the most results and testimonials for weight loss and strength and flexibility. I'm not hearing any of that, but I do hear, let's have some customer focus on the folks who walk through our doors because they have choices. And what I think you're doing is you're helping people decide not why should I go into that facility, but why haven't I been in this facility for a longer period of time? And offline, you and I were talking about something that your company came up with. I think you guys called it surprise and delight. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So surprise and delight, actually, if you dive into the Ritz-Carlton, which everybody's familiar with, or I'm guessing everyone's familiar with, uh, high-end hotel chain, legendary service. Uh, they're probably in the Mount Rushmore of customer service. And what they do is on another level than our business and probably most people listening because they're ginormous and they have a huge staff and budget. They give each of their employees, I believe it's $2,500 each, um, to basically surprise and delight guests. So for us, we're at quite a different um, uh, size. So for us, it's $250 a month. Uh, and what we do is basically every month, we have to spend that money on surprising, delighting our customers. So just to give you a simple uh, example, very basic, a client of ours has a baby and We'll send her a gift, no questions asked. Uh, one of my favorite stories, I think it was about three or four years ago, we had a client who was one of those clients, customers that you would put on a pedestal. I mean, couldn't have been the mo most perfect, more of a perfect uh, client. She comes in one day, just totally not herself, you know, just totally disoriented, stressed, just a little cranky and 
totally not this woman. And uh, we said, Julie, you know, what's the matter? And she said, I got up late. My kids are driving me nuts. The dog's going crazy. I have this huge presentation today and I, I am flustered. She goes, you guys know me. I have to have my coffee else it ruins my day. And today couldn't be more of a worse day to not have my coffee and get my routine. So we go through the workout, knowing her, having a relationship like we do, we know exactly what she likes. We know her exact order. So as the workout's going on, there's about 20 minutes left. One of the staff members I have, I said, hey, you know what? Go to Starbucks, grab her the grande latte that she likes and come back with it. Comes back, we put it on the counter. She finishes up her workout. She walks to the front desk, you know, to finish and give her goodbyes to everybody. And she looks, pauses and says, you know, what is this? Is this for me? And we go, yeah, you said your day's ruined if you don't have your coffee. And we know you have this important presentation today meeting. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that, you know, you could have a great day, a productive day. And you would have thought we had a pile of hundred dollar bills on the table. I mean, her face lit up. She was so happy. We not only saved her time, uh, but flipped her day just like that. It was chaos, anger, stress, and we flipped it. And it cost us, what, $3? I mean, you know, Starbucks, maybe it was a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> And not only did we make her day, but about two, three hours later, she went on to Facebook, posted a photo, and said, does your gym do things like this? That by itself was worth how many more uh, times than that coffee was uh, worth in terms of us having to buy. So it's little things like that, that just by having those relationships can have such a large effect. So that's an example of using a small amount of our budget. Um, but the key, I think for any business, if you do this is you have to spend it. It's not, Oh, you know, we used a hundred dollars. So let's take the remaining money and go buy more equipment. Let's go get the staff this, it doesn't work that way. You have to spend it every single month and we get our whole team involved. So everybody always has their ears open and looking for these opportunities always, because of course, as the owner, even though I'm there a lot, I'm not there 24 seven and around every single person. So you get your team involved so they can come to you and say, Hey, here's an opportunity. Uh, and it might not always be monetary, it could be spending extra time with somebody. It could be uh, sending something their way via email, text. Uh, but it has to be done every month and have a systematic approach so it's not random or every once in a while it happens or it doesn't happen this month. So that's kind of the systematic approach we've taken. And uh, it was borrowed from the great Ritz-Carlton. Let me ask you, this is something that you have all of your employees involved in? Yes, so uh, our, we have team meetings twice a month. And during those team meetings, the first thing I bring up is, okay, everybody, we have X amount of money left in the budget. Who's come across moments or opportunities for us? Mm -hmm. And then we make note and we decide which way we're gonna go. Uh, so. That way everybody's involved. And again, I don't see and hear everything. My manager that runs our other location 
Same thing with her. She collects this information, and then we decide where we're going to spend that money from there. Well, I got to tell you, so I've been taking notes the whole time you've been talking because there's things I want to put into my own business. But surprise and delight I love because this is something, there's a couple things. You commit to it. You do it on purpose. It's to give back to your customers based on what they need most in their lives. And it isn't about fitness. Like here's a... Every five workouts, you get a six workout for free. Or bring in a friend and we'll give you $10 off your memory. It's nothing like that. And I like that. What, the other thing I like is it's extremely empowering. This isn't you saying, here, let me go send a dozen roses to this, this customer of ours. You're listening to your employees. You're, you're enlisting their, their customer service abilities and saying, hey, who are we going to give this to? We have to spend this. It's a requirement. And you've empowered your employees to become part of. And this is a great way. We did a, a podcast. We do a lot of podcasts on these types of topics. Differentiation is one thing. The other thing is called um, the Rainmaker's Dilemma. The Rainmaker's Dilemma is basically you're the one who can go out and bang out the results. What do you do when you need your employees to grow that vision, but they think only you can do it? And what you've done is eliminated that. Of course, you can do that. But you've eliminated that dilemma. You said you're as equal as I am. You pick the person who needs this most, we have to spend it. I love you said it a couple times. We have to spend it. And what you're showing is that these little random acts of kindness, these little thought, I've thought of you so I did this, these just because moments you create in your customer's life are bigger than what you think they are. They're bigger than the cost. Like you said, that that person's reaction, how you turned that person's day around, how you attempted to turn that person's day around, got you what we all covet, you know, word of mouth advertising in a positive way on social media. And the other thing that I wanted that I wrote down is that, you know, you're in business for nine years, which is really good for a small business. And you start with a vision in your mind. And I preach this when I do consulting of, what does it look like when you get there? What's the end result you desire? And you just said Ritz-Carlton and Mount Rushmore. Now, those are, those are landmarks in terms of the hotel industry and, and to, you know, a landmark in the country. Those things mean something to you, and then, therefore, they mean something to your employees. And you just wrapped the whole thing up into, we're going to call it surprise and delight, and we're going to surprise and delight our customers. And I can tell you, I, I work with a lot of folks in, in the fitness industry, and this is the part they fail on because they think about their fitness facilities and number of workouts and refer a friend and wear my shirts, but it's more than that. And this gets you more mileage than somebody wearing your H4 training, you know, workout shirts or anything else. So I have to applaud you that you make it a requirement to spend and that you empower your employees so much and that they now share this vision and I would be really interested to hear how they ramp up the next level of, of surprise and delight. Um, now, tell me in terms of, you know, the, the industry itself. I mean, there's, there is a lot of folks out there with fitness programs and there's, there's online programs. How do you differentiate yourself within the, you know, the confines of the buildings? What do you do differently? Yeah, so a lot of, again, what we talked about, which is the personalization uh, and then we take pride on being very inclusive. So lots of people are intimidated to start programs, join gyms because they're 30 pounds overweight, because they're older, everyone else is younger. Maybe uh, 
they've never exercised a day in their life. So for us, we want our facility uh, to feel like no matter who you're at or who you are and where you're at with your fitness, you can come in and you can feel not only comfortable, but confident in our environment. And that's stems from our trainers creating that environment, making sure people are getting introduced, connecting people to try to help grow uh, maybe their network. So it's a lot about what we do internally instead of just making it, hey, you know what, unless you're like this individual, this is not going to be a place for you. We want you to come no matter where you're at because we're going to help you feel like this is a true community of people versus just a place of one, if you will. So what are some techniques or some things that you do to create that sense of community? Because I believe community is a big part of it. People do want to get in shape, but they end up finding a community wherever their their workout facilities may be. What are some things you do to bridge your life in the gym and your life outside the gym and that it's all part of the same community? What do you do? Yeah, so like what we do, and I think a lot of small businesses can do this, is you have to think of your business as almost like a social club in a way. Um, and some businesses might not work as well with others, but it's not just about, okay, that time they're with you, but what are you doing outside? So for us, it's having holiday parties. It's doing a family cookout in the summer. It's, we have predominantly a lot of women clients. So what we started doing a couple of years into the business was we did a fashion show and we continue to do one at the gym and people are like a fashion show at a gym. What are you talking about? Uh, well, again, it's not about us. It's about the clients. We have a lot of women. They love fashion shows. We support local uh, stores, many of them clients. And what does it naturally do? It brings other women into the gym and it markets our business for us. But by not even trying to do that, just simply focusing on our clients, something that they enjoy and bringing value to them. So it's doing things like that. Um, it's We did a couple weeks ago. We did a movie night out. So we rented a theater and we invited clients and their families come to a showing of the Batman movie. Uh, it was on us. We paid for it. They only had to pay for their popcorn, their snacks, whatever the case may be. So that's just out of the box type things that, uh, you know, aren't part of fitness, but create a community and a social feel to our business. Well, I, and I like that because I, I do think that small business is the cornerstone of America. And I think it gives you an opportunity to network with other businesses in the area. And they might be folks who maybe they cater a dinner, maybe they sponsor a dinner, or maybe they sponsor a coffee for the morning workouts. But it gives you an opportunity to build your network within the community. And then when you become this anchor in the community, you become what other people are talking about. And, and I think, um, you know, I can I know from talking to you and I sense from what you said you've done with your employees that this is something that, you know, you you take pride in. You put at the heart and soul of everything you do. And it's very interesting because you said something early on. The profits will take care of themselves if I take care of my clients. And you didn't mean it in a sense of let me take care of, you know, they, Sally wanted to lose 15 pounds and I helped her lose 15 pounds. I haven't heard you talk once about personal goals, challenges to reach those goals, obstacles. I haven't heard you talk about a sports injury. I've heard you talk about great things you do to take care of customers and you have your internal customers. You're making sure they know that vision is theirs too. 
There's a lot of businesses who don't do that. They skip that step. They come, the leader does everything and people, they don't, they don't focus on the customer. They focus on the profit first. Yeah. I think um, what you tend to see with small business owners is they say, Hey, you know what? When I'm at the business, when I'm at the forefront, the customer service is at another level. But the minute that Melissa is working or the guy that works this shift or this hour, it's just not quite the same. And it, as a as a leader, it drives you nuts and you feel like then I have to be there 24-7. The problem is you just haven't created a systemized approach to not only select the right people, but to onboard them to essentially have a systematic service approach where you're just like, hey, I'm the best at it. They're just simply not that good. Well, that's a you problem. You haven't either hired the right people or you haven't taught them properly. Um, so it's never really the employee's fault. It goes back on you as the leader. Well, and you mentioned onboarding, and I think that onboarding is a lost art. I believe a lot of companies don't do it and think it's okay. But I think I think employers are finding they lost a lot of employees with the Great Resignation, and the employees have choices and they have expectations. And you know, what are some things you do that are unique in terms of onboarding with your own employees and also with members? You're really onboarding them. Because showing up the first time is one thing, but staying and sustaining for a couple of years, that's that's a whole different ballgame. What do you do to onboard both your employees and your 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 clients? Yeah, and actually, as we speak, before we jumped on this uh, interview, I was actually onboarding a new hire. So it's even more fresh on the mind. But A, you're right. People have tons of options now. So you almost have to become like a collegiate coach you have to recruit people and show them hey this is what we do this is our culture and this is why you would be a great fit uh it's no longer hey there's tons of fish in the pond just you know throw the pole in you have to essentially recruit people you have to show why you stand out why they should come work for you um and that stems with your culture and what you're about Uh, for us you know a lot of small business owners will just throw a binder at someone and say, all right, read it and figure it out or go work with Joe. He'll show you the ropes. Well, meanwhile, Joe's a angry, unhappy employee and he just kind of cuts corners. And now your new employee is learning from Joe who already isn't the best. Right. So we have a whole systemized approach to it. And I think the most important thing is the very first day, first few hours, whatever it might be for your business, is entirely focused on culture, core values, your vision, and customer service. And the technical side of things comes down the road. So just to give you an example, like for us, you would think, I hired you, Patrick. You're going to be a trainer. We would talk about how to do a squat, how to do push-ups, how to train a session. We don't touch on any of that until at the end of week one and we focus only on customer service the expectation we give examples of service excellence within our gym our core values what it means to be a part of the team what's the expectation Um, things like that that have nothing to do with technical side of training because that can come eventually but we have to lay the foundation that hey this is important to us and you're either on on the train with it or not, but we we focus so heavily on that. And for instance, today uh, with this new potential hire, that was our focus. We spent two and a half hours on nothing technical whatsoever. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's critical. And, and I love w- when you're saying things like the very, you know, we don't talk about that till this week number two. So the first week we're doing the core values and what's the heart of our business, which was really the heart of your vision. I think some people, you know, just accept onboarding is a thing of the past and that you, know, you hear things like, well, you drink from the fire hose and that's just how, and you figure out what you're figuring out is bad habits, horrible shortcuts. Nothing is focused on the on the customer. It's all focused on surviving and figuring your way around it. Sometimes survival is important, but sometimes it can't be sustained. You can't be in survival mode all the time. And again, I keep going back to nine years in business and and then 2017 when you opened the second facility, that had all the promise in the world and then a pandemic hits and you never closed that facility down. How much do you think your focus on customer service has pulled you through some of those challenges? Maybe talk about some of those challenges. We all had them in a pandemic, but you had a you had a facility that people had to come to to work out, and you had to be very careful with proximity and masks and everything else. Tell us about all your challenges there. Yeah, I mean, customer service is all about relationships, right? If your business becomes transactional, that's that's when you lose because somebody will just go to the next shiny object, the next cheapest thing. So when you become a relationship business, it's tough to leave a relationship, right? Um, and so we created such intense relationships that when a lot of people at other gyms were and businesses canceling memberships completely, completely leaving, a lot of our members were saying, hey, I want you to still charge me full amount because you guys are still giving us value. It might not be the same as when we were there, but I know you're giving us value and I value the relationship I have with you. So we were able to retain a lot of our members that way. Of course, we had people that left and um, put memberships on hold, but compared to a lot of other businesses, we were able to sustain because people saw the value because we kept giving it to them. In our instance, it had to go virtual the relationships didn't uh, go away and that value didn't go away. And that was what was able to, you know, sustain us through that period until we were able to open again. And going back to the surprise and delight, because I have a feeling that that pulls you through some of these tougher times. Has that been something uh, that you've done since the, you know, the inception of the business in 2013? Or did that come about later when you said, hey, we got to get better at, you know, being being customer centric? Yeah, so we started that right away, but as the business grew and I started to become less involved, especially when at the second location had somebody running it uh, only there once a week, we had to create systems. So that's when we started doing the monthly budget. Uh, And through the pandemic, it actually helped us because when you're in person with somebody, you having that human connection and all of a sudden you get that taken away. How do you still create relationships and how do you still create that? So what we did actually at the beginning of the pandemic, knowing that most people were what? Depressed, unhappy, stuck at home. They, they were in need of something positive. So what we did is we created, uh, and the credit goes to my manager, little care packages. We call them COVID care packages. And basically it was little care packages of some healthy snacks, some little miscellaneous, um, just little trinkets. And uh, we would put a little note personalized to the individual and we would just go to their house because we have a database of everyone's address. And we would literally just drop it off, ring the doorbell and leave, right? It was like a adult version of Ding Dong Ditch with an actual 
positive side of it. Uh, and we, we hit, gosh, probably a good fifth of our client base in this one day of just doing this. And you should have seen the response emails back going back to Facebook posts. Um, if this was video, I would show you the actual post of one client, but, uh, that was our surprise and delight during the pandemic. So we still found a way to do it, even though we weren't seeing people on a regular basis. Yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. And, and, uh, again, it's, it's things that you're doing on purpose and things that you're planning to do. And I, I, uh, wrote a blog recently and I posed the question, um, and it was to business leaders like yourself and what would happen to your business if you couldn't be in your role and on your job for the next 90 consecutive days for the next three months. Most of them were in fear that, well, the business would fail or it would flounder or things wouldn't get done or people wouldn't pick up where I left off. But, but you're, you're living proof and you're talking about your manager in another location and where you couldn't be. But not once do I hear you say, here are all the problems and challenges I faced. It was simply, here's what we did. And we had a pandemic thrown our way, by the way. And we're a small business. And we don't have deep pockets like all these big corporations out there. And yet, you're thriving, you're growing, you're doing well. And what you're talking about is things that can be applied anywhere, like I said, from Wall Street down to Main Street. But you're you're simply so focused on customer satisfaction, internal customers and external customers, that it's like we don't even know what you do for a living because it isn't about the fitness club or the the you actually do uh, small group fitness programs, and I, I know there's a dynamic you have to have with the, the groups in general because everyone has a different fitness goal. But I guarantee the flavor of customer support is the same. What's the ratio of trainers to to people in the classes? What do you what do you do there? Oh, it's one to four. We never exceed one to four because when it starts exceeding that, you lose that human touch, right? It just becomes a mass full of people, and it's just kind of hey, hopefully I can get to you and talk to you, but I can't. Um, so that's why we keep it so small. Well, it's good. And, and, and some of the folks that I talk to in this particular industry, I do consulting for, couldn't even answer that question as quickly and as confidently as you did, that it's one to four. That's a standard you stick by because you don't want to lower your standards of customer care. That's powerful. And, and most business owners don't know their numbers the way you do. And they also don't know their clients the way you do. And you're, you're, I, what I like is that you're creating a culture um, that forces your employees to listen closely to your clients. And like you said, the profits take care of themselves. Your business growth takes care of itself. You probably don't have to advertise as much as you might have in the earlier days because your customers are advertising for you, which I think is phenomenal. So so where can my listeners go? I, I'm going to encourage anybody who either runs a small business, is thinking of starting a business, or is a manager of people and wants to do better, I'm going to encourage everyone to get your book, Crushing the Competition with Service. Where can they go for that? And if they want to talk more to you, where can they go for that? Yeah, so the book's on Amazon. And uh, I specifically wrote it with a busy individual in my head, which was, you know, sometimes I don't want to sit and read a 300-page book. This is under 100 pages. It's colorful. It's kind of got a little comic pop art theme. So it's an easy read. Super easy read, uh, so purposely done. So you can knock it out in a few hours. So check that out. Uh, social media is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Instagram at Hank Ebling, 
Facebook at Hank Ebling IV, and then LinkedIn, a really good spot, just at Hank Ebling. Uh, please reach out. Happy to uh, chat with you about your business and uh, your customer service. And Hank, it's E-B-E-L-I-N-G. Is that right? Correct. Perfect. Hank, you've been a fantastic guest. There's a lot of lessons. We all could learn from what you're doing. So I appreciate your time uh, and I appreciate what you're doing for everybody. Patrick, thanks again. Love the podcast. And uh, yeah, hopefully everybody can flip their mindset to people first, profit second. I love it. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. So that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed participating in it. Every person, every business needs some help. Take the first step in your own world. Go to the show description, use the link to my calendar, and set up your own one-on-one time with me, or go to pksolutionsgroup.com for all your bonus resources. We all have choices, and I'm here waiting when you finally choose a different way, a better way. Until then, let me leave you with some wisdom from one of my favorite musical groups, Rascal Flats. Simply put, my wish for you is that your life becomes all that you want it to be.